Welcome back to the MCU Exchange podcast. Uh, I am Caleb, and I am your host. And uh, sadly, we do not have Rhiannon with us this week, but we still have Adam. So it is going to be guys' night tonight. Adam, are you ready for that? Heck yeah, let's get it started, man. All right, we're going to just jump right on in. Um, We have a few news things we're going to go through. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. And then also with Logan coming out this weekend, uh, actually out as we speak, we'll do a little conversation about X-Men as well and X-Men's relationship to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, But let's start out with the news. Uh, First news is very sad. If you've not heard, uh, Bill Paxton died over the weekend. Uh, Paxton, for Marvel fans, is uh, known for his role in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., He was the clairvoyant, the main bad guy of the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was a big deal because he was really the most famous and known actor on that show. He kind of gave them a a shot of authenticity and kind of critical respect by being part of the show. And so he has passed away, and so that is very sad news. Adam, do you have a... You have a favorite Bill Paxton role? Hands down, it's got to be Twister. Uh, That's the first movie that came to mind when uh, I heard the news. We were actually talking uh, in Slack that one day. I'm like, no films are ever filmed in Iowa, but actually part of Twister was. So that's, uh, that's kind of a big deal around these parts. I'm not sure if you know, but... Us people from Iowa, once we see someone on TV that's also from Iowa, it's like, oh, that's cool. So to have part, I think the part that was actually filmed was at the end of Twister, the house that's still standing. I think that's actually a house somewhere in Iowa. I could be wrong. But yeah, I mean, watching Twister was was a staple growing up. And uh, I guess the part of that um, MCU related... Um, I believe I read somewhere that he's not going to be in this season, and he's one of the ones I thought maybe would come back, but apparently that's not the case. Yeah, I I forget who had it, but one of the websites kind of called up Disney and said, hey, is he supposed to be in any of these episodes? And they said there was no plans uh, to return him. I I totally get that thing. You're talking about Iowa and people being excited about Iowa. Um, I live in Rhode Island. And um, Viola Davis, who won the Oscar this week, um, she's from Rhode Island. And so everybody was going insane because, you know, like a Rhode Islander won an Academy Award. And so there's like big viewing parties and stuff. People are going crazy. So when you're from little places, that kind of stuff really matters. Uh, We also make the Super Bowl trophies. It is, man. So, like, the, the jeweler or whatever ah, that makes the Super okay. Bowl Lombardi trophy is in Rhode Island. Yeah. So, we're feeling really famous lately. Oh, the more you know. <laughs> right. So, but talking about Bill Paxton, getting back to the topic. Uh, yeah, Twister is the big one for me, too. I think maybe it's just my age. I wasn't around for a lot of the 80s stuff that he did. But um, I just remember Twister being really one of the most immersive movies I'd ever gone to at that point in my life. Like it was just so terrifying. It felt like you were in a tornado. And so, yeah, that was the one that that stuck out to me. So, uh, condolences to his family and, uh, 
everybody's real sad. It seems like he was a pretty cool guy. So, uh, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Absolutely. The one thing about Twister, I always forget Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that movie. Oh yeah, I always forget. And he's probably my he's probably my favorite part. He totally doesn't act like himself in that movie, but he's my favorite character in that whole flick. That's funny. As a um, as like a young teenager, it may be weird, but I really liked Helen Hunt. Like I had like a Helen crunch. Oh yeah, Helen Hunt crunch. After that, I wanted to watch Mad About You. I mean. I just remember that from that movie. Oh, yeah. Jumping on to happier news. Uh, we have started to get the Inhumans casting finally. I believe they're supposed to start shooting tomorrow. So I guess it makes sense that we'd see that. Um, here's what we have so far. We talked about uh, Ewan Rion last week being Mad Maximus the Mad. This week we got Anson Mount from Hell on Wheels as Black Bolt. We got Sarinda Swan, who has been in a couple things, was recently in Graceland, had a role in Smallville a while back. She is Medusa. And then Ken Lung, who was in Lost and uh, also had a role in X-Men 3, I think. Uh, He has been cast as Karnak. So um, that's all we have now. I'm thrilled. It seems like they're getting really good people and people that have been on decent TV shows. Um, anybody stick out to you or any of these casting choices really exciting for you, Adam? Uh, no one sticks out in particular. Um, you know, it's kind of the... It's interesting to think about Black Bolt because, I mean, how does one cast a guy that doesn't ever talk or do anything so that's it's i mean do you have to have a good actor you know i think it's more of a a a looks thing than anything you know i think by far the most interesting one is is karnak so far ken leung is that how you say it i have no idea apologies ken we don't know how to pronounce your last name (laughs) but uh yeah i it's uh karnak's one of my favorite comic characters so i'm just kind of excited to uh see him um, come to live action. I hope they do more of the Karnak from the uh, latest Warren Ellis run than the classic Karnak with the huge head. You know, the uh, recent one with the hoodie and the face paint and kind of like the wrapped hands and stuff. It's kind of like a a Zen-type character. Um you know, he can sense the flaw in all things, and he's a really sarcastic smartass. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited for Karnak to come to uh, the television. Yeah, that character is cool because he's kind of like a pure logic kind of character. You know, like his thing is, I'm going to do what is sensible. I am going to find the weakness in any plan and exploit it. I'm going to make sure that our plans don't have any weakness. And particularly in that Warren Ellis run, it means that he doesn't care about anybody. You know, like kind of emotion and compassion for him is just a waste of time and inefficient. And Mm -hmm. that actor, as I remember him on Lost, was just kind of known as a malcontent. Like he's just not a guy that really cares about other people all that much. I, I think he got a little warmer as the show went on. But um, 
I just I could already sense from what I know of him on Lost that he's going to be great as far as just that part, that part where he just doesn't care about other people. He cares about the interests of the royal family and only the interests of the royal family. I can definitely see him holding his own in an argument where someone's like, yeah, but we have to worry about everybody else. And he's like, no, we don't. We don't have to worry about those people at all. That's the wrong decision. Like, I'm kind of interested. It's got kind of almost a uh, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock kind of thing going on that I think will mm-hmm. be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this. Uh, like I said, the the latest Ellis run, even though we got one issue once every three months, it seemed like it was it was uh, it was a really good run. So I hopefully they can take a lot from that character. I'm not as familiar probably as as you and the uh, classic inhuman stuff. But I, I really did enjoy Karnak over the past year, the all new run or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The thing that was weird to me about that um, comic series is I've only read like the first three or four of them because I get it on Marvel Unlimited as it comes. But like there's a ton of art with not a lot of writing in there. Like there was so many, like I read one issue where I felt like there was like five words in the whole thing. And I'm like, why does this take four months to put out? Like I don't understand. Yeah, that was that was weird. It's either number two or number three, I think. There's hardly any words in it. I'm not sure if someone missed a deadline and they just wanted to get something out or what. But I mean, I think I just got number six here uh, two, three weeks ago. Three weeks max. Ugh. You know, so the space that between means I'm five, five and months six. out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the space between five and six was that had to be three months at least, you know. So I'm not sure what what went on, but it's good stuff. Uh, you, how far are you in? I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I honestly can't remember at this point. Like it's one of those I have to read the whole run every time I want to read an issue because it's been so long I can't remember what happened. Yeah, but, no, uh, there's just I love the. Uh, there's a really nice Coulson and Karnak element. So if there's ever a shield and uh, uh, Inhumans tie in, I think that would be pretty humorous. You know, they're yeah. kind of two completely separate humans. You know, it's Coulson's the by the books guy, and, and he's a pretty nice dude, and Karnak simply doesn't give a damn <laughs> about yeah. anything. So I think it's humorous for those two characters to play off each other. Yeah, that's the cool part to me is that it seems like Coulson is always trying to redeem everyone and Karnak is like, who cares? And so like they would always be on the opposite end of like, should we go back to get our man left behind? And Karnak would be like, no, he's fine. Don't worry about him. <laughs> exactly. Um, another piece of news, which I'm very dubious of, uh, apparently there was some sort of luncheon in Atlanta this week. And they were talking about event. Well, they were talking about a movie in Atlanta, and they said, "Hey, it's bringing in so much money into this region. This movie studio is going to spend a billion dollars making this movie in Atlanta." The only thing we think it could possibly be is Avengers: Infinity War, but frankly, that seems like a crazy number, even if it is for you know both Infinity War and. Um, Avengers Part 4. Um, do you think this is remotely right? Or are 
or is this off? Like, how much money do you think they're really spending on this? Well, see, don't we even have a standing bet, you and I, about how I say Infinity Wars is going to be a $2 billion movie. So if this is accurate, I mean, Infinity War better be a $2 billion movie, you know? (laughs) To be fair, if you're right and it's $2 billion and the next one is $2 billion and this is the budget for the two, then it will be a similar multiplier to like... um, Doctor Strange or something like that. So that is true. I can't even fathom spending a billion dollars on two movies. <laughs> it just seems like it's so out there. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, yeah, I believe it. You know, if you read that headline, you're like, sure, why not? You know, it's supposed to be the most epic movie we've seen in the MCU so far. And they're going to have everyone in there and I'm sure they're doing all sorts of stuff that we won't see until the movie, you know, obviously they're going to have all sorts of secrets up their sleeves and probably some surprise castings and people in the movie and things like that. But $1 billion, holy cow. Right. Cause Captain America civil war costs like $250 million to make. So the idea of making four of that movie seems crazy to me particularly because marvel is really smart about getting these actors on these big contracts it's kind of like an nfl team that like signs a guy early in his career to many years on a contract and so they get them a little bit cheaper per year because they sign them for a long time i mean i don't know where we're at now but historically marvel really underpaid these guys because they were handing them a six or seven movie contract. So like, I can't imagine that Dave Batista is making a ton of money. And I bet yeah. like even Evangeline Lilly, like she's not making a ton of cash. I would not think so. I, I wouldn't think it's the actors, but then again, if you pay 60 actors, half a million dollars, that does start to build up pretty quickly, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, just the sheer volume of, of actors we're seeing, you know, that's that's probably a good chunk of it. But look at the talent we have in Black Panther, and that budget's probably smaller than Civil Wars is, isn't it? Uh, I would assume so. Oh. Usually the first movie, like Doctor Strange, I think was like 150 or $200 million. Uh, I know the Ant-Man was particularly a movie they made cheaper. So... I like how we're sitting here talking about 150 million like it's nothing. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not that much. Yeah, I remember writing up about the uh, Captain America Civil War box office, and I was like, it only made 1.1 billion dollars. And I'm like, as I'm writing it, I'm like, I know that that sounds stupid, and people are like, well, that's dumb. 1.1 billion's a lot of money, no matter. But you have to have some comparison, you know, like. Are these things growing? Or are they shrinking? And so I, I think that they made a little bit less on Civil War than maybe they hoped. But all right, let's jump into um, our last bit of news. There's been a lot of Iron Fist stuff hitting. Uh, Finn Jones is doing a lot of interviews. I can't possibly keep up with all of it. But um, there's a lot of stuff that came out today about the uh, Meachams and uh, the characters and how well they're written. Uh, One of the other big things is Finn Jones has been talking 
uh, about the um, the way that they cast him and choosing to cast him instead of an Asian actor. And this is a rig, big hairy thing that we almost never want to get into because we know people are going to get angry. Um, and basically what he said is that Kun Lun is going to be very much like Kamartaj was in Doctor Strange, where instead of being a traditionally Asian culture-like place, it's going to be sort of a melting pot of people from all over the place. Um, do you think that's the right, the right call, or is that a mistake for them to kind of do the same thing in, as they did in Doctor Strange? I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know how I want to answer it. Because um, we don't want the hate on the uh, yeah the social media. Yeah. Don't hate yeah, us, please. You know, it's. I, I don't get. I. I mean, I get the fuss, but I don't. You know, I mean, it, it's a lose lose, really. You know, it's the yeah. type of deal where if if they cast an Asian actor, you have the half all upset that they're not comic book accurate, and then you cast the white actor and you have the half that says it's whitewashing, you know? So I think it's yeah. kind of a, a lose, lose scenario, but, um, well, and we, yeah, you know, this actually came up a little bit with the Karnak casting because they cast an Asian actor to be Karnak. And immediately we found somebody on social media complaining that that was a stereotypical Asian role. And it's like, okay, so they, they make an opportunity for an Asian actor and it's stereotypical, but you don't provide an opportunity for an Asian actor and it's, you know, not being inclusive of, you know, people of color in your casting. So it does seem like people are angry about everything. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the comment section for you. <laughs> Never read the comments. You really just avoid it. Otherwise, we might see some weird green lantern casting or something like that yeah we'll, we'll get to that and when we say never read the comment that's not totally true um you can feel free to leave comments on our stuff we love it when you guys interact with us but uh yeah it's um it's a weird world out there where people get upset about stuff so all right, well, let's move into... Um, we're going to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. We don't obviously have any S.H.I.E.L.D. to talk about this week. So um, let's go ahead and talk about that trailer. We got a, I think, the final major trailer that we'll have. I'm sure there'll be 8 billion TV spots that'll come out. Um, but Jimmy Kimmel the other night had the Guardians of the Galaxy final major trailer and um we can go through this a little bit the biggest thing that we saw is we saw kurt russell now i have to admit that i'm a bit of a downer on this i know there are people who are just in love with kurt russell and again this may be an age thing it may be that i'm too young but like there was all this anticipation after gun announced last year at san diego comic-con that Kurt Russell was going to be Star-Lord's father and he was going to play Ego the Living Planet. And there was like the, what's he going to look like? Like, what, what's it going to be? And so then we got a toy like a week ago and the toy looked like Kurt Russell. And then we got an image Saturday night in a magazine and the image looks like Kurt Russell. And now we've gotten a clip 
of Kurt Russell speaking and he looks like Kurt Russell and he sounds like Kurt Russell. So I'm failing to understand why people care this much, but it seems like a big deal. So do you know what I'm missing, Adam, or are we just overreacting to this character? Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I want to see Kurt Russell, but I mean, it came up and I, I, I watched it once that I guess I didn't really even make the click. You know, I, it's exactly what I expected. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's Kurt Russell, you know, that's exactly what he looks like. And I think that's what everyone thinks he looks like, you know, but the, the big reveal, obviously that they're going to wait for the movies, the, how badass the actual planet looks, you know, and there's a couple frames in the trailer where I'm fairly confident it's, it's on Eagle that's kind of leading me to believe that. So, yeah. L- let's do this. We are going to speculate on this movie. If we're right, it'll feel like a spoiler. And if it's not right, it'll be like, oh, do you remember what those two idiots thought? That's totally wrong. So, if you don't want to hear what might be a spoiler or might be nonsense, go ahead and skip ahead, check the timestamps. But I'm interested in this, Adam. So you have a theory that Ego is the actual villain in the movie? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure if he if he hires Aisha and and the what are the people of Sovereign or, or what, or if they're just loosely tied together and they're two separate villains. But um, I mean, he plays both villain and hero in the comics, and it just seems like the type of thing um, he'd be the villain. You know, I think the uh, the the two parts I'm talking about we've seen before is with with Rocket and Groot with the the nuclear bomb. That looks like the same planet of this new uh, the new one. There's this frame where Star Lord and Rocket kind of jump off a cliff and are using their jetpacks to fly towards uh it looks like a heart you know there's this big red thing and it kind of has like tendon type things that's supporting it and stuff um so i mean those are the two main things i think so uh, the only thing that would lead me to believe i mean if if rocket and groot have a nuclear weapon inside this planet i mean obviously if they're going to kill the guy he's got to be bad right yeah so i have a couple thoughts on that i think the first one for me and this ties into something else i wanted to talk about do you think that james gunn would have given us that much footage about something that late in the movie. Like, he seems to be really protective of this one, and he doesn't want to reveal too much. Do you think that he would actually give us something that's that late in the movie? Particularly because it was, like, the very first thing in the, like, first trailer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I think even... Uh, tweeted out this past week that we haven't seen anything... I- you know, past 15 minutes in the movie. I'm not sure um, what the truth is to that or what, you know. But, I mean, look how much footage we've got. And, I mean, I still don't know what the movie's about. We know they have a run-in with Aisha and 
they get chased by a whole crowd ton of spaceships, you know, but outside of that, you know, we know virtually nothing about it. You know, they fight this big pink monster, which is probably the very first thing that happens in the movie. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's very little plot that is exposed, you know, so far. I mean, we have, we still have to see, we probably won't see Sylvester Stallone or, uh, Sharon Stone until the movie, you know. So I mean, there's two pretty decent uh, cast members right there. We we now, haven't even seen it. In toys or, I don't know. I guess I just assumed. I thought she she was, but maybe that was just speculation. She said she was going to be in something. I just don't know. If, I, I I hadn't heard that it was definitely this. It seemed like uh-huh. she didn't really know what she was talking about. So, <laughs> but yeah, maybe. Um, Maybe she does. I, I mean, you still got Stallone, you know, that's pretty, that's maybe even bigger than Kurt Russell there. So who knows? I mean, Reddit says Stallone might be Richard Ryder, and I know a bunch of people who would be very angry at that. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I have a new theory just talking to you. What if the bad guy in this movie is Adam Warlock? Hmm. Like the reason that they're not giving us anything past 15 minutes is they have the run-in with Aisha, and they maybe even wrap that up and, like, defeat her or run away from her by the midway point of the movie. And so she goes to kind of her cosmic brother, however that relationship works, and says, hey, um, I've had this problem with these guys. Can you help me out? And next thing we know, like, Adam Warlock is introduced to the universe, and he's the bad guy. Well, maybe not even... Adam Warlock, but Magus or the Magus or the Magus, or I don't even know how you say it. But I mean, if you have him in there, you got to have Adam Warlock, you know, we we have to have Adam Warlock in this movie at very least infinity war. You know, one would think that at at least another cocoon somewhere in this movie, but we got to have Adam Warlock sometime. And I want to say on his Facebook live thing this week, I, I haven't watched it. Apparently he said something like, I am not going to deny that Adam Warlock is in this movie or something like that, which is, well, you know, yeah, I was watching that and then someone asked about the, uh, the legends figures and he went kind of in this, this tangent where look at the packaging and if you look at the packaging, it might say guardians of galaxy, but it doesn't say volume two and things like that. I mean, I never once thought Darkhawk would be in <laughs> Volume 2. I didn't even know people were thinking Darkhawk was. But then after he he said, I mean, he didn't say no Darkhawk and Adam Warlock weren't in the movie. He said uh, something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, um, that you just got to look at the packaging and the packaging will tell them if they're in the movie or not. And then apparently afterwards, um, he kind of retracted that even and said Adam Warlock's there. He denied saying Adam. I don't know. He denied the denial of sorts. So it's just, I mean, we're getting Adam Warlock sometime. It's just, if, if it's not guardians, Two, it's got to be Infinity War or very least Avengers Four, the follow up. You know, we got to get him sometime. Um, it's just a matter of when, not if, at this point. Yeah, I'm really thinking it's definitely going to be in this in Volume Two. It may not be like I just said; he may not be a big character, but I could even see like 
Aisha coming back to her home planet, licking her wounds, or them bringing a casket of her back or something. Who knows? However it ends. And, like, she comes back and Warlock is there. And there's somehow that whatever happens at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 kind of causes him to chase after the Guardians or to head to Earth or something. So even if it's just like they reveal him in the last 30 seconds of the movie, I'm pretty sure, I just think we're going to get him some way or the other. So, Absolutely. You know, I, I, go ahead. No, I really like that theory. You know, if she goes back to uh, her own planet and she's all sorts of defeated and stuff and there's a big reveal, you know, we just see this gold-skinned dude with, you know, blonde hair, you know, everyone's going to be like, well, that's Adam Warlock, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, we gotta, we gotta get him sometime. Um, I mean, I think it'd just be wrong not to include him in there, but we'll get him sometime. I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. Um, just kind of wrapping up. Is there anything particular in the trailer that do you have a favorite moment? Maybe that we haven't talked about or something that looked good to you? Oh man, I just I, I I'm liking how it looks, you know, how the the cinematography looks. It's just looking really uh really good. It's looking different, you know. It's kind of more there's like uh whites and yellows and you know, it's like a gold type movie, you know, and then it's really purpley and bluey and I just like the uh how they're making it look so far. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think visually, uh, this kind of ties into it. There's a new movie poster as well that was like, it took like a pose off of like an old 70s Star Wars poster and then like totally added like those neon colors and all that kind of stuff. And I do love, this is obviously related to Volume 1. But Volume 1 was like, it was all purple because of that Power Stone, you know? Like, everything had Mm -hmm. a purple hue. And this time, you can tell that Gunn is just really exploring and making it different. And, um, I don't know, I've always felt like in space movies you can get trapped. Like, it seems to me that in Star Wars you have, like, swamp planets and desert planets. And, you know, like, they kind of run out of things to make a planet. And it seems like James Gunn's imagination has not run out of ideas yet of new and different things to do to kind of visually make each planet kind of stunning in its own. So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, even in this trailer alone, we had to see what four different planets were on. You know, there's the one where we see Kerr Russell and Mantis walk out of that hallway-type deal, and that looks like the same planet that Drax is yelling at the spaceship on, and then we see the other planet where the floating orbs are that Gamora touches or pokes. Um, and then of course that blue and purpley one, which I'm speculating is, is ego since that's how he looks in the comics. So it's just, uh, I think there's going to be certainly a decent amount of locations in this. And I like how it's all looking so far. All right. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, I think that does it for Guardians. Um, for our listeners, we're going to be a little condensed today, so we're just going to keep on skipping through things. Um, the other thing we wanted to do is have our main conversation for the day. And um, as you may know, Logan is coming out in theaters this weekend. Um, Logan is kind of an ad- adaptation of Old Man Logan, kind of not. 
Uh, it's kind of going to be the last go for Hugh Jackman in the uh, X-Men universe playing Wolverine. And so we just thought this would be a good time to talk about uh, X-Men and the MCU. If you are totally new, I'm going to try to give you a quick overview. Um, sorry to our listeners that know all this stuff. But if you're somewhat new um, here at MCU Exchange, we generally cover only things that are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is an interconnected series of movies and TV shows and short films and comic books that um, are all under the control of Marvel Studios. Way back in the 1990s, when Marvel was going through bankruptcy, they sold the movie rights to a bunch of their properties to other studios. And so Fox, uh, at the time, purchased X-Men and Fantastic Four and Daredevil, I believe. And they had a couple of these properties. And um, to this day, Marvel has not been able to get back control of Fantastic Four or X-Men. And so the X-Men movies exist in a different universe. And Wolverine, for example, cannot show up in an Avengers movie the way it's currently set up. And so um, this is a big topic of debate. A lot of people want to see the X-Men return. Um, At the same time, Fox seems to be pretty happy with what they're doing. Um, We don't talk about it on MCU Exchange because it's the Fox properties. But currently they have Legion on TV. They're developing a new... TV show that's going to star Blink and Polaris, apparently. Um, They're working on, we think, a Dark Phoenix movie. They're working on a New Mutants movie. They're working on Deadpool 2. They claim they're working on Gambit, but they've been doing that forever. And who wants to watch a Gambit movie? So, anyways, like, they've got all this stuff going on. And um, it just suggests that they're not ready to bring the characters back to the Marvel Universe anytime soon. Um, I guess just to kick off this conversation, Adam, um, first of all, do you think the MCU needs the X-Men or is, is Marvel just fine existing without that property? I am one of probably the only comic book fans that really doesn't care for the X-Men. You know, I don't know what it is about the X-Men, but I mean, I... I mean, I don't care about Wolverine. You know, everyone loves Wolverine, but I'm like, eh, it's all right. You know, I mean, I don't collect Wolverine comics or pops or, or any of that stuff. You know, eventually, I mean, it's the type of deal. Eventually, obviously, Marvel and and Fox are in two completely separate leagues, you know, at least when it comes to the film. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Legion. It's probably the best, one of the best comic book series of of all time you know it's up it's right up alongside the netflix shows at least on my list um if not better than a couple of them um you know so i mean legion's doing really well but they just don't know what they want with with the movies (laughs) you know it the the continuity's all mishmashed and and doesn't make sense i mean eventually i think the at bare minimum, we'll see a uh, Sony type deal, you know, um, especially with the Fantastic Four, more so than maybe even the X Men. Um, but I mean, the the comic book fan in me wants to believe that someday we can see Wolverine fight alongside the Avengers. But by the time that's done, um, you know, we probably won't have Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans still. Um, 
playing their respective characters. So, um, short answer, yeah, I think sometime we will probably get um, at least a Sony type deal where Marvel uh, controls the creative and and Fox earns the money, I guess. Um, you know, but you're looking at it. You you listed off a whole bunch of films they they have in in the hopper right now you know and i was just reading an article today that they're uh working on an x-force movie and a cable solo movie they actually uh david harbor harbor uh from stranger things sheriff hopper is actually screen testing for cable ad i like that casting um but in that article i was reading that they they want to bring cable on for deadpool 2 x-force and a cable standalone so i mean we're talking maybe even upwards of a dozen different movies that that they're planning in this in this X Men universe. So someday, probably, I don't think all these movies are going to pan out. You know, we Gambit was supposed to start production what two years ago. <laughs> you know, so um, who knows? Um, yeah. Someday, uh, probably not anytime soon for X Men. I mean, I think. Um, Fantastic Four is certainly going to be the first one uh, to revert back to Marvel in some shape, way, or form, whether it be a, a Sony-type deal like they did with Spider-Man or outright selling the uh, rights back to Fantastic Four. And then maybe we will get the Fantastic Four back together in the comic books. Who knows? Yeah, I think um, kind of answering that question of they need them, I don't think they need them right now but I think they could need them by like phase five or six. You know, I think in order to keep the MCU going, eventually they're going to reach a point where they're either going to have to um, relaunch it or they're going to have to get to a point where they're just adding new characters. And so they'll need Fantastic Four and they'll need X-Men and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll need an injection of new characters. But I don't, I think you're right that we're not going to see it anytime soon. A lot of people want to like when X-Men apocalypse happened and it was kind of panned by critics and fans didn't love it and it didn't make a ton of money. People were like, Ooh, maybe this is the opportunity. Maybe we're going to see Marvel get X-Men back. The problem with that thinking is that it is not the same situation as Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a situation where literally every one of the five Sony movies made less money than the one before it. And so they opened huge with Spider-Man, and then less for Spider-Man 2, less for Spider-Man 3, less for Amazing Spider-Man, less for Amazing Spider-Man 2. And you can't build a franchise that way. Um, Fantastic Four is more like that, and that's why I think that could happen. But I definitely don't think we're going to see it with X-Men, because they get occasional hits. They get a Deadpool or they get a Days of Future Past. It looks like Logan's going to be a big hit. And so there's just, there's not the same appetite for Fox to hand control back because they're still convinced they can do it, even though most of us don't trust them at all creatively to do what Marvel's done. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I mean, does Marvel need the X-Men? Probably sometime, but at the same time, they're 
they've turned the Guardians of the Galaxy into one of their most popular uh, properties, you know. And if they can do that with Guardians, I mean, there's, I mean, there's twenty some characters alone that have been in the Guardians of the Galaxy group, you know, over the time of the comics. You know, just think of the rights they do have, you know. Um, they, yeah, but there's it, so many. I think that's a margin of error thing, though. As far as, like, I agree, a good Guardians movie will bring people in. But I think um, when you're playing with a character like Ant-Man or Black Panther or Guardians of the Galaxy or these people that aren't kind of top-tier heroes, you have to make a great movie to get a good box office. Whereas we've seen with certain characters like, oh, Batman and Superman, that you can make a terrible movie... And you'll still do okay at the box office because they're so loved. And I just think that like a Guardians has such a, has a narrow window. Like you have to make an awesome Guardians movie where you can put out a decent X-Men movie and make just as much money. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if, if they put it, if Logan were, uh, if, part of the MCU or a solar Wolverine movie, you know, it might be one of the MCU's highest earning movies of all time, regardless of, of what it is. You know, it's just cause Wolverine's that character. He's, I mean, outside of what Spider-Man, he's probably the n- next biggest Marvel hero. I would guess. I mean, he's certainly top five, top three, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, if you, if we did get X-Men into the MCU, uh, do you have like a particular storyline or something that you would like to see? Like, um, how would, how would you go about introducing the X-Men into a universe like the MCU that already exists? You know, that's the, the, the tricky part about it, you know, cause we we're kind of in the midst of inhumans right now, you know, and it, they're virtually the, the same thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I've, I know my favorite comic storylines were, you know, days of future past, you know, and the, and they've already done that. So I'm not sure what they could you know, if Fox cranks out a Dark Phoenix thing, you know, there's an, another good story arc kind of thrown out the window. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I have a, a story in particular. Um, I mean, character-wise, I gotta see, uh, gotta see my dude Colossus in the MCU. He's probably my my favorite X Man if I had to choose one. But yeah, for for particular storylines. Um, not off the top of my head, man. Yeah, I think if you're going to bring them in, they would need to combine it somehow with something that's happened in the MCU. Like, I don't know, Tony Stark, uh, not Tony Stark, Howard Stark did something back in the 1980s, some experiment with radiation that sort of sent radiation into the atmosphere, and that was what created mutants and those kids are just now getting to the age where they're like showing their powers to kind of explain why they have popped up all of a sudden and weren't there before. Um, I do like how they've rolled out. I don't love the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s things that the X-Men has done, 
because it's a continuity mess. But then again, the X-Men are nothing but a continuity mess, you know, but I do like the idea of successive teams. And so if we ever see them in the MCU, I would like a series of movies where you had Professor X and the original five X-Men in movie one. And then movie two is like that giant size X-Men international team with Colossus and Nightcrawler and Wolverine and Sunfire and all that stuff. And then maybe a third movie with like all the 80s kind of characters where you add in Rogue and Gambit and Psylocke and Cable and all that kind of stuff. So there's kind of a progression. So they come out in the movie in the same order that they came out in the comics. Because I just think that makes sense. I think you need Cyclops and Jean Grey to be there from the beginning. And I think Colossus and Nightcrawler and Wolverine make more sense. And Storm as sort of a second generation. And so that's how I'd like to see that rolled out if I were in charge of those things, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's a really good idea. It would be. It's really as interesting to to think about, you know, if they get the X-Men and you know you'd almost have to start it off with that that first generation team as they're getting in you know you can't really retroactively place them in the in, in the MCU you know especially with events like uh with Sokovia and such you know you'd think they'd enlist their help had they been existing in the universe already you know um right. so i really do like your idea of starting out with the first generation of x-men where xavier has to go out and recruit them and build a school from scratch yeah and there's there's a lot of other cool things on the avenger side i would love to one day see um an avengers team that's like uh, bendis's uh kind of super avengers you know where he had cap and iron man and spider-man and wolverine and spider-woman and luke cage like, I love that run and the idea of having Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Cap all on an Avengers team sounds awesome. So I'd like to see that. Um, I'd also like to see a true Old Man Logan. Um, if you're new to the comics and stuff, what you're going to see this weekend is not really Old Man Logan because Old Man Logan is a story that's all about the Marvel Universe in the future. And all the supporting characters in that movie, or in that comic book, are supporting characters that Fox can't use for any of their movies. And so that's going to be kind of weird. Um, they're really just loosely inspired, this movie, I think. But I'd actually like to see a real interpretation of that, you know, with Red Skull and Hawkeye and Hulk and all of the characters that make that storyline what it is, you know? Absolutely. All right. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on X-Men and how you'd like to see them come in and be part of it, um, just go ahead and give us your comments on that. and We'll be happy to share them next week on the podcast. You can send us messages at uh, Twitter via hashtag MCUXpod, um, and that would be awesome. You can send us comments via the website, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you think X-Men needs to come into the MCU? And if it did, how should they go about it? 
what storylines, what characters. We'd love to have your guys' thoughts on that. So, um, Adam, I'm just going to take a minute here to go through our mailbag, if that's cool, and we'll wrap up. Does that sound good? Let's go. All right. Um, from the website, uh, first of all, big credit to uh, Love Waffle, one of our favorite users at MCU Exchange. Uh, he gave us, uh, you made a comment last week that if Agent Ward comes back to Marvel, you'll leave for DC. And so he gave us a poster <laughs> of Brett Dalton as Green Lantern just to let you know that you cannot escape uh, Agent Ward. He will find you somewhere. So That's, that's not a bad casting, man. Uh, that's not a bad one at all. I like it. So uh, that was awesome, Love Waffle. He had some other thoughts about some of the things we've talked about. Um, it seemed like with a lot of people, we were kind of convincing them, uh, like Hive and Human 16 as well, that this would actually be a good way to end the show. I feel like the three of us convinced ourselves last week that we wanted to finish with season four because of this framework thing, which was kind of interesting. Like, I don't think we came in with that opinion, but we came out with that opinion. So, um, also, Michael Terrell Ford III left us a comment. Uh, he was just saying that he thinks Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. will stay around uh, because of the Live Plus 7 ratings, and I think that's really possible. Um, what I can say, I think, 100% for sure, is that if we get a Season 5 of Agent S.H.I.E.L.D., we will get it because of the Live Plus 7 ratings. I'm not sure if the Live Plus 7 guarantee we get the Season 5, but if we get a season five, that's the only reason why. So um, thanks for those comments, guys. Thanks for everybody who likes us on um, SoundCloud. Uh, I'll share with listeners and with you, Adam. We had our best week on uh, the podcast ever last week. So more listeners nice. last week than ever before. Heck yeah. It's all Agent Ward, man. That's all people want to talk about. Yeah. Apparently, that's all that's all they want to hear, man. Agent Ward. This show has been brought to you by Brett Dalton. <laughs> it's uh, it's also funny. Last week's podcast has already been listened to more times than the week before's podcast. So in one week, it did what the other one did in two. So um, nice. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate that. Um, we also keep track of our podcast at the six week point and. Uh, the podcast that was released six weeks ago is our best one at the six-week point. So everything just seems to be building a little bit right now. And we appreciate you guys listening and engaging and would love for you to do so more. So, um, Yeah, thanks, I, guys. I think that's all we've got. Uh, Adam, do you have plans to see Logan this weekend? I do, yeah. I actually uh, bought tickets for the whole family. We're going Saturday early afternoon, a little matinee showing, so I'm excited to see it. I've been hearing glowing reviews, and it's certified fresh, and I'm ready to uh, see a darn good X-Men movie. Yeah, man. I'm going uh, Sunday. I'm going to have to stay away from my computer for like three days. But uh, yeah, I'm going Sunday with my buddies Tim and Nate. If you guys listen to the podcast, you just got a shout out. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about it. So, uh, hope you guys all have a great weekend. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. We will be back next week with another episode. So, uh, until then, have a good weekend. We'll see you later. 
Hey guys, for the first time ever, we're going to have a little post credit scene here. Uh, just got a message from Rhiannon, and she just wanted you all to know that she misses you so much, and she'll be back next week. So, uh, just going to send her greetings along. See you guys next week. Bye.